Super Bible Party. <laughs> oh, Super Bible Party, Super Bible Party, Super Bible Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody. My name is Robert Berry, and welcome to the latest episode of Super Bible Party. This is episode four, and, uh, you know, we've been... Th- Using Old Testament-based stories uh, for the first three episodes. And, uh, you know, this is not a chronological show. We're going to hop all over the place. Uh, you know, uh, choose different themes, different ideas. Uh, and today, uh, we're going into the New Testament for the first time. And uh, a fellow named Jesus, uh, we're going to talk about the first three miracles uh, that are attributed to Jesus in the Bible. Uh, very interesting uh, bunch of miracles. You got the Son of God uh, showing off his power, showing off the power of God that he's got coursing through his veins. And uh, very interesting uh, miracles that uh, that he does. It, it, just, it covers a wide range of skills and uh, pretty interesting stuff. They're, they're, they're written about a few different ways. As uh, the Gospels uh, are, you know, you've got several accounts, in some cases, of the same incidents, and some variances with those as well. Um, but but here we go. Uh, you know, Jesus uh, was not shown to really do any miracles as a, as a child or a young man, um, but he has brought uh, to Cana. Which is not, we don't know where Cana is, by the way. There's, there's uh, some thoughts that Cana could be uh, uh, in Galilee uh, or southern Lebanon, uh, according to some things in Wikipedia there. But, but Cana, uh, there's a big wedding there. Big wedding. And uh, guess what happens uh, at this wedding? Uh, there's, it's, it says here, uh, a wedding took place. At Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mom was there with Jesus. So Jesus takes his mom to a wedding. That's or she took him there. One of, you know, it's not clear. You know, but it's a friend of theirs. And um They're having a great time. They're partying at this wedding. It's just the reception at this point. And uh they run out of wine. There's no wine left. And um, Jesus' mother, Mary, uh, is aware of this. And she says, son, Jesus, uh, we're all out of wine. There's no wine left at the party. They have no more wine. And uh, interesting quote, he says, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. And uh, she goes to the servants and says, hey, do whatever he tells you to do, implying that he's going to go ahead and help them out with this wine situation. Uh, So there are six stone jars, kind used for ceremonial washing, and and each of these would hold 20 to 30 gallons uh, of of wine here. Uh, So that's a lot of wine. That's like... 50 Franzia boxes. They were they were partying here. And Jesus tells them, all right, look, 
fill these jars with water. And they did. And then he said, now, take some of that out and serve it to the person running the banquet here. The master of the banquet. And they did. And he tasted the water. And he goes, it's wine now. And he, he didn't know where it came from. Where did they, they suddenly got about 180 gallons of wine to just just suddenly appeared there and, and he's dumbstruck you know and, and he asked the servants uh what's going on you know and, and and they didn't say anything and he calls the bridegroom aside uh we don't know who this is and he says this is crazy everybody brings out the best wine first and then you give him the cheaper wine after they've had too much to drink but you saved the best till now and uh and it says here uh what jesus did here in cana of galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and the disciples believed in him now this this is a great story um first of all it, it shows a really fun human side to jesus uh, and his mom. Uh, his mom says, hey, they're out of wine. Make some wine. And he's like, nah, this isn't the right time. Now, she knows he's the son of God. There's no mistake in this here. I mean, she knows. Uh, and yet she still is like, just, just do it. And he does, which is great, right? I mean, son of God says, I, I don't want to do this. And he, and he makes her, she makes her do him do it. And, um, so that's pretty fun in a way. I mean, some I've read some things where they've said that uh, that shows that a mother's word is still to be obeyed. Even the Son of God should listen to his mother, uh, which I uh, that's kind of cool in a way, you know. But uh, so he makes the wine, and uh, what, what's interesting about this is it it shows a few things. First of all, um. Jesus was willing to make wine for people that were already drinking and drunk. Um, you know, much is said about, uh, does a good Christian drink? You know, there's, there's some folks, there's even some of the, the writings of his uh, apostles later that, that say you shouldn't drink. But Jesus clearly is okay with consumption of alcohol to people that perhaps have already been overserved. Uh, they ran out. They clean. You know, maybe someone didn't bring enough. Clearly, but uh, they ran out of wine, and he made more for them. 180 gallons. And uh, there's some people that really overanalyze this to a ridiculous degree to still justify that you shouldn't drink. Like I've heard things like, uh, "Oh, the water, the the wine of that time uh, was really like grape juice. Uh, you know, it, it it didn't have alcohol in it." Well, that's. That's not true. I mean, you know, in this case, uh, they even say this. The, the guy running the party says, we bring out the good wine first and then the cheaper wine after they've had too much to drink. So clearly clouded by uh, the effects of that alcohol. Um, we know that that wine uh, in the Bible uh, has had alcohol in it. Uh, the very first wine that, that was made by Noah, uh, documented in the Bible at least, uh, he got drunk off that. So, uh, clear. They say he did. So, don't listen to that talk that, that wine from, from the Bible times didn't have alcohol. Yeah, people could drink grape juice, for sure. But, uh, what kind of wine was it? That's another interesting question. 
You know, I mean, what what did the wine taste like that Jesus made? Imagine having a bottle of that now. That'd be, I don't know if it would have kept for 2,000 years or so, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, at least as documented here, it was the best wine at the party. He said the choice wine gets out first. So they were showing off with this choice wine. Then they bring out cheaper wine, the Charles Shaw. Uh, and then, uh, like, wow, what is this? Whoo. This is like that, that Francis Ford Coppola stuff. That's like 13 bucks a bottle at Trader Joe's. But, uh, back then they didn't have Trader Joe's. They had Trader Judas. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, Jesus makes wine at this wedding. That's how he reveals his miraculousness to the world. Funny story, right? I mean, it says here that he revealed his glory. This was the first time. I mean, people spoke of that like, hey, there's this guy at a wedding. We ran out of wine and he turned water into wine. I imagine there'd be some people wanting to hit him up to do that again. I mean, he could have made a tidy sum. They could have lived. If, if Jesus could just continually turn water into wine, um, he could have changed the whole uh economy of the Galilee region there but he held back you know he's not one to show off in this case uh but yeah Jesus made some wine and I and I think that's really a, a neat story because uh there was no purpose to do this other than to keep the party going to keep people drinking and having a good time which is something to ponder when you ask yourself what would Jesus do uh, in this case, he'd get you drunk. So, uh, thanks. That was pretty cool. Now, now his next miracle, his second miracle, uh, a little bit less, uh, I don't know what's to say. Uh, it's, it's, it, it maybe could have been written off as a coincidence, maybe, um, but it, it spread his, uh, it spread the word a little more there, but Jesus uh, is preaching. <clears throat> he's hanging out in that area, and he, he's he's in his area just shortly after this wedding, and um, and uh, he starts preaching, and uh, you know he's saying things like uh, the kingdom of God is drawn near. Repent and have faith in the good news, and uh, many of the local Galileans uh, are receiving him well. Um, and, uh, they, they heard about the wedding and, uh, Jesus then learns about a, a young, young boy who's very sick. He's, he's at the point of death. This, this kid's going to die any day now. It's, it's, it's known that that's going to happen. Uh, he's at his house in his bed, pretty much in hospice care, but he's the son of this, this government official, um, and um, this official hears that uh, Jesus has come to speak there, and he travels. And uh, he says, uh, hey, Lord, come down before my young child dies. Interesting. He's, he's asking for some help. What has he got to lose, right? If he says no, then in the same spot. So he asks him for some help, and Jesus says, go away. Your son lives. 
And uh, this guy believes him, and he, he returns home. And on the way home, he he, uh, he meets his slaves uh, who uh, are outside. And uh, they say, your son is fine. He's all better. And uh, they said the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. And then he's like, wow, that's exactly when Jesus said, your son lives. And uh, this man... Uh, who is says here you know, he's, he's wealthy enough to have a, a big estate and slaves he's a government official um says his entire household became uh disciples of christ so uh what's interesting is it says uh this is uh 16 miles away he was able to make this happen so he's not bound by time and space uh he can he can handle this um so uh, he goes back to uh, Nazareth at this point. So this this is kind of you know one of the first of many uh, Jesus healing sick people uh, stories. Um, hell, he ends up bringing back a dead person, you know. Even so, uh, that's this is nothing compared to that. We'll talk about Lazarus another time. But uh, yeah, Jesus uh, healed this sick kid. That's pretty awesome so he's made water into wine and heals this sick kid where do you go from there well buckle up folks because this is one of the the weirdest stories uh featuring jesus in the bible uh i love it to death um it's it's the uh the exorcism of a demon it's also known as uh the exorcism of legion the miracle of the swine. And um, this book, uh, this story, excuse me, is is actually in three different books uh, of the Bible. It's in John, Mark, and Luke. And there's some slight variances to uh, these uh, stories. Um, I'm sorry, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Whoa, sorry for that blasphemy, folks. Um so basically, here, here's the setup, right? So Jesus is, uh, he goes across the sea into the region of Gerasenes. Gerasenes? I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm probably close. So uh, it, it, he takes his disciples and they go across the sea of Galilee and uh, go into this place. Well, they, they're walking along this path. And uh, there's uh, two men there. Mark says it's one guy. Matthew and Luke say it's two guys. Um, but um, it's, uh, you know, interesting, uh, nonetheless, that it's it, it doesn't matter. Let's just say there's a guy and he's there and he's scaring away. He's, he's blocking the path. He's scaring away folks. Uh, that are uh, that are nearby. He's causing a commotion, and um, it says here that when uh, Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. He lived in the tombs, and no one could could bind him any for. Um, they said they chained him up uh, and bound him, but he was so strong that he could bust the chains. And um, he would scream and cut himself with stones. And um, 
basically uh he's possessed he's possessed by a demon um and this is scary i mean you know you don't want to scare kids with this but the details i mean the the town was so scared of this demon possessed man that they they chained him up and he was still able to break out of his chains this demon was very powerful and the poor guy he's fighting with this demon and, and cutting himself and maybe the demon's doing this to him but it's, it's a pretty creepy story and um he says uh hey he falls to jesus's feet because he, he knows the power the demon inside of him says uh uh we are legion which is interesting you know it's 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 lots of demons inside of him not just one uh, or it could be thought that there is uh one demon but he's it's the it's the man speaking because he's got this symbiotic demon relationship there but pretty spooky either way you want to look at it uh but he says yeah my name is legion for we are many um and you know that the that legion uh the, the character legion is sort of a reference to that that you see in the x-men universe and he begs him please don't cast us out among uh the area there they're, they're really the, the demon is worried that um they don't want to go back to the abyss. Don't send us back to hell. That's really weird, right? Jesus asks him, what's your name? And he says, this is in the Luke version. Uh, he says, uh, Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them into the abyss. So this is crazy. So Jesus decides to do these demons a favor. Um... You know, the, Jesus is willing to work with a lot of folks, you know, from the nicest dude who has a sick kid uh, to a party full of drunk revelers who ran out of booze to a guy possessed by maybe thousands of demons. And uh, the demons are talking to him like, don't send us back to the abyss, uh, whatever that is. Maybe it's hell, right? And um, so then Jesus goes, all right. And... uh he sees over there on the hillside a large herd of pigs. Like 2,000 pigs are there. Huge amount of pigs. You can imagine um, what it would look like to see 2,000 pigs uh, oinking and, and, and oinking away on the hill. And, and, and so God then cast, um, Jesus, excuse me, uh, cast the, the demons out of the man. And they all get sent into the pigs. Demons are now possessed with pigs. And um, then their heads start spinning around and they spit up pea soup. And and, <laughs> and then they walk on the ceiling like a spider. No, that doesn't happen. But uh, the demons are in the pigs now. And the pigs just freak the hell out. They're like... And... Uh, they they can't ha I don't know what you know about pigs, but they're not used to being possessed by demons. Uh, not a lot of pigs uh, can handle demon possession. Um, it, never mind. Anyway, so these pigs. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna make a, a horrible joke, but uh, the pigs can't handle it. They're freaking. They're little. They're so freaked out, like their curly tails straighten out. You see that happen to a pig? That only happens in the most demonic of situations. So the pigs, 
What do they do? They run off a cliff and kill themselves. These pigs can't handle being possessed. Um, you know, uh, just imagine, you know, you had 2,000 cute little babes out there going ba-ram you and all that stuff. Suddenly they're all possessed by demons and they run off a, cl a cliff and they drowned. A bunch of floating pigs there. 2,000 floating pigs. Uh, not going to, you know, better take care of that quick. So then the, the, there's these folks that are taking care of the pigs. They're like, that just might, they're taking care. Can you imagine this? Your job is to take care of these pigs for the farmer. They only had one job. And uh, they all ran off a cliff and they saw this like freaky hippie dude over on the side talking to a, a guy possessed by demons, waves his hands around and does some Doctor Strange stuff. And then uh, the demons just fly into the pigs. And uh, maybe they saw that, too. That'd be even creepier, right? Like little green ghosts and stuff flying out of the man and, and then going into the pigs. Make it more obvious. And then the demon it, 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 kill the pigs. And these guys like, whoa. Our jobs just totally went away. We we don't have any pigs to take care of anymore. Um, probably all the pigs. And then uh, they went and told the the farmer what happened, and the townspeople. And uh, <laughs> they they basically uh, said, "Get out of here, Jesus! Why'd you kill my pigs?" I mean, you could couldn't you have like cast him into one pig? I mean, you had you had two thousand demons in one man, maybe maybe four pigs. I don't know what the conversion rate is. Maybe like if a pig could only handle two hundred and fifty demons, uh, maybe some birds, maybe bugs. You know, there's a there's a bunch of ants over there. We put the demons and the ants. I wasn't I wasn't raising those ants. Um. And Jesus doesn't compensate this guy or, or or like, you know, he could have he could have turned a rock into a pig. If you could turn water into a wine, he could have made him some new pigs. But uh, he says just uh, they tell him to get out of there and he goes, OK, and then they leave. So that's his third miracle is um, curing a demonic possession and killing 2000 pigs. Um, you know, I know pork isn't good in the Jewish diet. Maybe that's why he just disregarded it. I don't know. But uh, the man uh, w w was very grateful, at least, you know, and he and he said, uh, Jesus, I want to go with you. And he's wearing clothes now. He found some clothes because he was like naked and cut up with rocks and stuff before. Ugh, can you imagine? What a sight to behold, even in those days. And um, the man uh, ran up, and, and, and Jesus says, Hey, go home and tell him how much God has done for you. And he sent the man away, because the guy wanted to come home with him. Dude was, like, ready to be a new disciple. He's like, Hey, you've seen how many chairs I have at that Last Supper table. I, I can't fit another one, you know. Though I, I should have traded you for Judas in retrospect, but, uh, hey, it's all good. Um, you know, Matthew has the story as it being two men, um, uh, weird detail to get wrong, but it doesn't matter, you know, and, uh, very much more abbreviated version in the Matthew, but, uh, yeah, he, water to wine, curing a sick dying boy and, uh, and, uh, exercising demons, uh, into a, a herd of pigs. Have you heard of pigs? I have.
folks. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's it. That's uh, episode four in the can. Um, what are we going to talk about next? I don't know. Maybe you know. Send me an email. Send me an email to Robert at superbibleparty.com. Um, look, folks, uh, I, we've been getting some good numbers on our, our podcast. I think we had 75 people listen uh, to our last episode. Uh, so that's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's coming up every week. And uh, you, you can listen. Tell a friend, please. Tell a couple friends. Um, it was like that uh, Salon Selectives, uh, I think it was, shampoo. They used to have a, a commercial that said, you tell two friends, and then they'll tell two friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. Uh, and you could do that for the Super Bible Party podcast, which, by the way, that's a really weird way to market your shampoo. Your whole marketing slogan is, help us sell our stuff through multi-level marketing uh, and save on our advertising budget. Um and it's it's sort of good on your hair too, but uh, yeah. Um, I d- if you heard a ding in the background, that was a text from my wife. Uh, she says, "Please uh, pick up uh, meds for my father-in-law and bring it to them." So that's what I'm going to go do the rest of my day. And uh, it's been a pleasure uh, presenting this to you. Have a great day. Uh, again, go to superbibleparty.com. Uh, we're available on all of the podcasting services now. If, if there's your favorite podcasting player uh, and it's not pulling this in, let me know. We'll work that out. Um, Robert at superbibleparty.com. Go to the website. Have a great time. Uh, check out my comedy shows, too, if you like. You can look me up on uh, Robert. Barry, B-E-R-R-Y dot X-Y-Z. That's a real website, folks. Um, And uh, have a great day. Peace be with you. God be with you till we meet again. Sung by Anthony and Harrison at a Sun Record. Oh!